It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. Taking the show on the road this week, we are in Middle River, Minnesota for Goose Fest 2018, and we're going to have a lot of coverage of Goose Fest coming up a little bit later on the show, talk to some of the people that helped put it on. And some of the interesting characters that are here for the event as well, plus our poolside interview with Matt Brewer, kind of a goose fest tradition. We'll bring that to you a little bit later on. Also, we'll talk some fall fishing with uh, Mandy Urich and Ray Gildow. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And I suppose we will kick off the show with uh, Ray Gildow and uh, talk a little fall fishing. Ray, sounds like things have been pretty good. It, it actually has been pretty good. Uh, I spent a few days again this week up on Leech. Uh, for uh, perch, and uh, it took us a while. Every each day, it took us a while to find them, uh, but we did find them, and we did find some big wind too. It's been really windy this whole week. It's just been uh, very uneven weather. But even though we've had some northwest winds come in, uh, the perch bite's been very, very good. It's um, you know you got to catch 20 to keep one, but it's still a lot of fun. And uh, uh, I've got a couple more trips this week. And hopefully, uh, I'm not going guide. I'm not perch fishing anymore. I'm going to be walleye fishing now. But uh, so the perch bite's been pretty good. Uh, it depends on where you're at. I, I had a customer of mine who was up there without me one two-day period of time, and they did not do well. They couldn't find them. So you got to hunt and peck for them. But when you find them, the the bite's been pretty good. And uh, the walleye bite is picking up on leech too. Uh, I've got some friends who have been working up in Portage Bay off the weed lines in uh, eight to nine feet of water. They've kind of gone off the uh, crankbait bite now, and they're starting to go to jigs and minnows, and they've been doing pretty well. So uh, Leech Lake is an area, I think the water temperatures now are about 58, 59 degrees, and it's getting down into that area where the fish are starting to turn on and bite. So that's that's been a lot of fun. And there's also been a, a walleye bite on North Long Lake uh, in the Big Lake. Uh, I'm not sure about the Merrifield Bay side, uh, I'm going I, to try to get over there in the next week or so because this is the time of year now when they start kind of going on North Long too. And the the bite, uh, walleye bite on uh, Gull Lake has been up and down. There's been days where they're catching quite a few, and then there's days they see them and they can't get them to bite. So I think with the uh, with the weather we've had, with a lot of wind switches, that's kind of be, to be expected. There you go. Some great stuff. Ray Gildow in the Swa Guides League. You can check Ray out at raygildow.com as well as all over social media. I'll let you get back to uh, fishing, Ray. I know you said you're pretty busy with that. I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll chat real real soon, okay? Okay, thanks. And we continue on here at Brainerd Outdoors, and uh, we bring in Mandy Urich. Mandy, obviously a lot of stuff to talk to her about this week. Uh, we got to talk about a bear that she shot. I'm sure if you follow her on social media, you saw it. If not, we got to get the story behind it. 
Um, we're going to talk about some fishing, and, and we really got to talk about fall fishing, Mandy. First of all, welcome back. Hey, great to be back. Congratulations on the bear. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, why don't we just start with that? Because what a, what a huge bear. It, it's ginormous. Yeah. Well, anything looks ginormous compared to me. But. I've had people say that. Like, she, that bear's like four times her size. And, well, literally, yes. <laughs> no, yeah, great hunt. I had, I had bears hitting the baits right away at the beginning of baiting season uh, and then stopped. You know, acorns started dropping. The temps were fairly warm at that time. I took off to Canada for a week for a tournament, came back, and the temps had started to drop again. Um, started baiting again, and within a day or two had not one but two bears hitting the bait, <laughs> of course, at night. Um, which is a problem that uh, it happens a lot where they'll go nocturnal, especially when the weather is warmer and if there's a lot of pressure things going on in the woods for them. But uh, I had baited a couple nights previously and they had eaten it completely gone, you know, almost 20 gallons of trail mix. Jeez. You know, it's it pretty amazing. And my, I had this plan. I had this plan where I, the day before I was going to go out to hunt, I'm not going to rebate, but I'm going to go out in the morning and and bait in the morning and then sit all day long, which that's not really typical. A lot of people will hunt just the, the afternoon expecting that last 10 to 15 minutes of, of shooting time to shoot the bear at that time. But I just had this feeling if those bears are really not that far away because they're hitting the baits actively, they're going to know when I'm in there. They're going to be able to smell the bait. And eventually someone's going to slip up and say, gosh darn it, I'm hungry. And <laughs> that's exactly what happened at uh, 4 o'clock. Walked out, <laughs> took couple looks at him made a couple turns for me and uh he kept looking up at me looking up at me and i was like oh i'm like all right as soon as he looks down you know and he gives me a, a good shot i'm gonna take it and it was a yeah it was a good hunt you mentioned acorns and stuff and we, we've talked to matt and brent about this we've had a, a bumper crop acorn crop like we've never seen before are they still dropping in yes. the woods yeah so you've got red acorns and we've got white acorns and you know one one gets done dropping then the other one starts dropping and yeah there's so many acorns out there right now and not just acorns it was also a bumper crop for berries too so they're omnivores i mean they're they're going to eat you know meat and whatever is available to them so i was lucky enough that i could kind of tail them away from the acorns and provide them enough yumminess to coax them in and that is the tricky part because you know we've talked with matt uh, right up leading to bear season up there and he was worried. He, you know, they were hitting the baits, hitting the baits. He had all the, you know, his cameras were looking good. And then two days beforehand, he's, he found out, you know, they had bumper crop for berries. Acorns started to fall and they had to call an audible and it still worked out. So congrats on that. Um, is that it for hunting now for you? Or are you basically now going to hit the fields <laughs> next, huh? No, I'm hitting the fields. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got, we've got duck hunting. Obviously, bow hunting's open for, for deer and I just got to get through these last couple tournaments, and then I can commit myself for the rest of the fall to hunting. Well, that's what another other thing I wanted to talk to you about this week because um, you came off another great successful tournament out on on the Mississippi. Um, you know, sometimes people think just walleyes and muskies and pike here in in fall, but you cannot sleep on the bass. No, absolutely not. I mean, yes, everything is putting the feed bag on, including those bass. And the best part is they're schooling up. So once you find them, you're not finding the onesie twosies. You're finding big numbers of them. You know, if, if that's five to eight or eight to 25, I mean, you just really don't know but once you can get on those schools and stay on them it's so much fun and tell me about this tournament because you had quite the bag uh out of that actually i didn't have the winning bag the winning bag was uh of uh, almost 40 and a half pounds Jeez. and the top three had to be over 30 pounds so this is a multi-species tournament so you could have five 
bass, four walleye, and three pike. Of that three pike, only two can be over the 30-inch mark. And these guys were t- saying that they, they had thrown multiple 30s back wow. <laughs> you know, to try to find an under. But there again, you know, you like the river. I love the river. It's go time on the river. If smallmouth would have been open and we could have weighed them, I probably would have had an 18-pound bag just in smallies alone. Jeez. See, that tells you something. And right it was just crazy. I was not trying to catch smallmouth, and I could not get the largies, you know, going. It was every largemouth spot I went to, it was a four-pound smallie. And I was like, this is the only time I'm ever going to say this. I did not want to see another smallmouth that day. <laughs> Well, mark that down on your calendars, folks, because you won't hear that very often from Mandy. But, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes we forget about that. And, and bass, I don't know, are they as temperamental when it comes – because we had a drastic drop in temperature, Mandy. Usually that turns, you know, the walleyes, they disappear and all that. That really doesn't happen for them. Does that affect bass as much too? It does actually. Uh, that The first couple days, of, obviously we've got some stuff going on with pressure – you know, barometric pressure when we have systems like that come through. But that initial shock, yeah, it's a shock for them too. Remember, we, we go back to a bass's metabolism is based on what the water temperature is. So like in the spring, you know, we say slow down fish, you know, slow, smaller baits, things like that. This, this The first couple of days of a big temp drop like that, that's going to be key is really slowing down, maybe jig worming, sinkoing, something like that. But with that being said, as soon as they get used to that lower water temp, automatically they, they've got the need to feed. They've got to put on as much mass and, you know, that they possibly can over these, you know, next couple of weeks or this next month before winter hits. And then officially they're, they're, they'll slow down completely to almost not eating at all. Like I'd said previously a few um, weeks back, I'm really paying attention right now to where the existing vegetation is. So that veg, obviously water temps dropping, it, it's starting to die off, right? So it's still really key. If you can find any good cabbage areas or coontail areas that are still alive, it's going to be packed. And it's not just going to be packed with bass. It's going to have all the species there because it's got the zooplankton, the you know macroinvertebrates, all the way up to the minnows to where everything else is feeding. Those are really key. Second key one is going to be finding that warm water temp. We just had some crazy, crazy winds last weekend. It was horrible. Starting in the morning, I would say on a a steeper ledge is going to kind of let you figure out where those fish are going to be at. I like putting the boat in 20, 22 feet of water and casting up. And it's trying to figure out where those fish are going to be. Normally, they're going to be a little bit deeper. And as the sun comes up and that water warms, those fish are going to move from deep to shallow. And it it's weird. Uh, they may be in three feet of water. If you can find, you know, good rice beds where there's a lot of veg or something in them, they may be in six feet of water. But that 13 foot line right now where that's kind of that sporadic veg line, that's going to start to die off and, and be gone here very shortly. So they're again, keying in on, you know, the, the breaks, the flats and where the existing veg is, is going to be key. One last thing, and it might be just purely coincidental, and maybe I just haven't talked to enough anglers yet. It's really surprised that the anglers I've talked to have said, the bass have slowed down on the lax. Any theory there, or have you heard something completely opposite? Maybe I'm just not talking to the right people. There again, too, I think we're kind of just in that in-between zone right now. Um, what I have been seeing overall, so as the water temp changes, we got to remember what's going on with that main forage, and, and not just in Mille Lacs, but also here. I think Ray had touched on it last week about the perch he was catching. We're completely full of crayfish. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on right now. There's a, a big molt 
going on. So when we talk about those juvies and the big ones are molting right now. When they molt, they become really vulnerable. They kind of turn an orangey color. It's a really soft uh, exoskeleton for them. I mean, that is bacon for bass, baby. And they're gorging themselves. The fish that are being caught on Malax right now are absolutely gorged. So I think once they go through that, that phase right now, um, I would say in the next three weeks, the bite's going to be phenomenal out there. Well, geez, you pair that with the way the walleye fishing's been out there the last couple of weeks, and you just got, that's heaven. Mandy Urich, you can check Mandy out a variety of different ways, all over social media, obviously, Mandy. Yep, Facebook, Instagram, website, here, podcast. Yeah, just Google me. We're, yeah, she's all <laughs> over the place. Mandy, I appreciate it. Uh, good luck out in the field, out in the woods, out on the water. I know you're going to be busy here in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll chat soon. All right, sounds great. Thanks. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, kick off our coverage of Goose Fest 2018 from Middle River. And uh, next up, we'll talk to Steve Quartz. He is a waterfowl specialist with the Minnesota DNR. We'll see how our waterfowl population is here in the state when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Of course, we're live here at uh, Goose Fest, Middle River. Minnesota and uh, having a good time and enjoying uh, what we're hoping to be a very, very good uh, waterfowl season. And uh, I've been talking to a lot of people here, seeing a lot of birds, a lot of geese, a lot of ducks, a lot of sandhill cranes. Thought I'd bring in uh, our waterfowl specialist with the DNR, and that is Steve Court. Steve, welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors. Oh, thanks for having me. So let's talk about maybe before we get into you know what we're looking at here in the immediate Middle River, Thief River area where we're hunting statewide. Uh, population pretty good, I would think, huh? Yeah, uh, we had pretty good uh, numbers of breeding ducks this spring um, in the state, and continental estimates were, again, pretty good, uh, uh, down a little from last year, but the overall um, good numbers of breeding ducks um, and geese, and at least for ducks, uh, we thought we had a pretty good uh, production year, number of ducklings hatched, so... Um, uh, we kind of opened the season uh, with pretty good, pretty good outlook anyway. The Canada goose hunting should improve, I would think, Steve, as the season goes on. I uh, kind of had a poor hatch this spring, but I think uh, things should progress nicely as we get through the rest of the year. Yeah, they should, and uh, you know we kind of expected that. Uh, some of the uh, like the late uh, April uh, blizzards we had in part of the state, uh, very late ice out. A lot of geese just uh, didn't nest or failed uh, nesting, but. Uh, uh, those uh, ones that didn't nest or failed, uh, they go up to Canada to molt and uh, spend the summer, and uh, they come back uh, to Minnesota. And, oh, about uh, last week, I think, uh, pretty good numbers showed up. So the outlook for geese is uh, better as the season goes on than it was in early September. What are we looking at as far as habitat conditions? L- uh, lots of water now. Um, we're still a bit dry in the northwest part of the state, uh, but... Um, areas in the central and southern part of the state uh, last week had uh, some areas, I think, had nine inches of rain. And so uh, very, very high water levels. Um, I think it's kind of, well, been maybe a little blessing and a curse for, um, opens up a lot of different areas for ducks. But uh, for guys that can find spots, I heard, you know, pretty good duck reports uh, last weekend in flooded cornfields and things like that. So, Overall, wetland conditions um, are pretty good statewide right now. As far as ducks go, the seasons and bag limits, anything change there? Uh, no, pretty much the same uh, uh, seasons and uh, splits we've had in each of our zones. Uh, I 
think the only change this year was the pintail bag limit went from one to two. But uh, other than that, uh, it's been 60-day seasons for over 20 years now and pretty uh, pretty much six-stock bag limits. And I think hunters are kind of used to them. And uh, generally from surveys we've done, they seem to kind of support the, the different splits and zones we have in the state. So uh, um, they're pretty satisfied, I think, with those. What about uh, sandhill cranes and all that? Seems like more and more hunters are getting into that too. Are, are, are you going to see that expanding a little bit? Yep, um, we're actually talking about that right now. Uh, right now, the the crane season is only open in the northwest zone. Um, uh, fairly limited, restricted season. Um, uh, bag limit of one. The season's thirty seven days, but uh, we're looking at. Um, um, kind of in the early stages of uh, considering some changes in the Northwest and and or maybe expanding the season to uh, other other areas in the state, uh, all like uh, Brainerd, St. Saint, uh, Cloud, Little Falls, that part of the state. There's lots of cranes out there, and uh, um, it's, they're two different populations, but uh, uh, we're at least uh, considering it anyway for uh, maybe a couple years down the road. Where I was out... Uh, you know, there were hundreds of cranes, uh, probably more cranes than uh, geese anyway, uh, down south of Austin. And, yeah, so they're uh, they're doing very well. You know, it's a, a unique opportunity, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, going forward with cranes anyway. Yeah, and then it's basically a $3 uh, Sandhill crane permit required in addition to a small game hunting license. And that season, I believe, runs through what, October 21st, Steve? Yep, yep. And it's, um, yeah, and they're really fun to hunt. Um they're smart birds, uh, but they're fun to hunt. They taste good. Uh, you can pass shoot them. Uh, they will decoy uh, to crane decoys or goose decoys, and you know it's a pretty unique opportunity that uh, not a lot of people do. We sell about a thousand crane permits uh, for that northwest zone, but I don't think there's a lot of guys that really target cranes. I think a lot of duck hunters buy them is kind of incidental in case a crane flies over they can uh try and shoot one but uh yeah they're a fun bird to hunt and uh um and they're doing very well in the state one thing i thought you guys have done the last couple of years on your website is you put a, a migration report that you update weekly on there is that coming back again this year steve yep it is um i post that uh typically from about noon to three o'clock on Thursday is kind of my goal, and it's a collection of state and federal uh, reports, uh, some uh, different counts, aerial or ground counts, and uh, hunters seem to really like it. And, uh, and I send an email out uh, um, if people uh, they can send me an email. I can add add you to my distribution list, or it's on our waterfall uh, page on our DNR website. And we'll put a link up to that, too, as well on our website, so you can just click there and go right to it. And that's uh, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, and just look for it right on the front of the homepage. And I would imagine any other information as far as regulations, all that stuff goes, Steve, you can find that on the DNR website as well. Yep, you can. So there you go. Looking forward. Are you going to be able to make it out and do a little hunting here in the next couple of weeks? Oh, yeah. I get out uh, well, pretty much as much as I can, but uh, at least three, four days a week uh, is my my goal every fall. So, uh, um yeah, I'll be out this weekend and uh, uh, see what's around. I think with the cooler weather, we'll see a influx of both ducks and geese, and uh, should be pretty good uh, weekend, I think. I would think so. And one last thing, are, I know you guys kind of keep an eye on this too, hunter numbers, license sales, all that stuff. Are you seeing any change there? Is it pretty much kind of leveled out? 
Yeah, uh, we got the uh, hunter numbers uh, based on state uh, waterfall stamps sold through opening weekend. Um, uh, I think we had about 62,000 sold, the lowest number on record. Um, it's been declining. Uh, it's about 20% lower than it was even a decade ago. And back in the 70s, um, you know, it's about half of what we were in the 70s. So fewer hunters. Um, you know, on some some folks will say, well, there's still a lot of hunters out there. But, uh, yeah, we're seeing a, a drop in hunter numbers. We don't know why. But, uh, you know, there's plenty of opportunity. And, uh, um, you know, it's ducks, geese, cranes are all fun to hunt and uh, and probably not as difficult as some people think. So give it a shot if, uh, if you want to and uh, uh, see what you can find. There you go. Steve Kortz, he is a waterfowl specialist with the Minnesota DNR. Always great to talk to Steve uh, this time of year. Good luck for you out in the field, uh, Steve. I'm going to be doing a little hunting this weekend as well, and uh, we'll chat with you real soon, okay? Sounds good. Good luck to you, too. We'll have more from Goose Fest here in Middle River when we come back to Braidered Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and here we are live at uh, Goose Fest, Middle River, and uh, actually we're inside here at uh, Quality Inn in Thief River Falls, and we're here with Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji, and if it kind of sounds like, you know, where, where are these guys at? Matt and I, this has been a tradition since I started coming up here, what, five years ago, Matt, that we do our interview for the week poolside the night before we go hunting, so here we are again. Yeah, no, no hot tub, and we're just sitting by the pool. But yeah, we want to keep that, you know, let, let everybody know we're not sitting here in our swim trunks in the hot tub or anything like that. No, we're just sitting poolside, chilling, and uh, getting ready for a big weekend here, Matt. Yeah, it's one of the best weekends of the year. I mean, you know me; I hunt almost daily, <laughs> and uh, and I grew up up here, so I got to experience this every year. But uh, but I still look forward to this weekend probably more than more than most weekends, and and. Uh, more than most trips so give you a little background uh you know matt and i've been doing the show for 13 years now and for about 10 of those years maybe nine if i do the math right matt kept saying you got to come up you got to come up for goose fest you got every year it'd be like yeah maybe next year about five years ago he gets me up here and as matt just said it's one of his favorite weekends of the year it's become one of mine as well people up here awesome um and it looks like matt from a hunting standpoint uh we're gonna have a pretty fun weekend it looks like the birds are pretty plentiful right now yeah, early goose season uh, up here was really slow, and there was kind of a slow start to crane season, but from what I saw around home, uh, migrators coming over my farm like crazy, and then talking to some of the locals and calling back home and talking to family, um, a lot of new birds have shifted into town. Uh, the end of early goose season, according to a lot of the hunters, including our hunter hosts, um, the, the end of early goose season was really good, and they're seeing just piles of birds. Uh, one one hunter host commented that on their way to the dinner um, tonight that they saw five fields that were huntable. Um, so that tells you how many birds are around. If that's five bird or five fields that probably had you know a hundred plus birds in them, there's there's a lot of birds around. So great. Now I won't sleep tonight. So that's that's good to hear. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what makes this such a? I mean, obviously probably habitat map, but what makes this what they call the goose capital of Minnesota? Well. It is habitat. I mean, um, and then this year we kind of have a unique situation where the Dakotas are super dry. So you've got the flyway kind of, and it's actually been a couple of year trend now. So you've got the flyway shifting back 
back east a little bit as, as opposed to prior where it was starting to shift more west. Um, so bird numbers coming through the, the central flyway here are just, they're looking really good. But the habitat is the main thing, like, like you had mentioned. We've got Thief Lake, we've got Agassiz, we've got all the other little potholes, we've got the river systems. I mean, it's just a, it's just a mecca up here. You've got a lot of small grain, you've got corn, you've got beans for late season before they decide to push and want to make that, that big fatten up before, before that long haul. Um, they have everything they need right here, and uh, and, and that includes protection on the refuge, and uh, you know they they can jump field to field to field, and there's only so many hunters, so they they have everything they need. It's just the perfect scenario right here. Yeah, and so and, and we've had uh, as you mentioned, the Dakotas are pretty dry. I talked to some of the people here. Fields might be a little wet where we're at right now. And the other thing we're going to have to contend with is some cooler temps, cooler than what we're used to doing. But I don't think that really should matter, should it? Well, it matters to me. 27 degrees in the morning does not sound wonderful. That's like uh, that's like late season diver hunting when I'm wearing everything in my closet, which I did bring with me. Um, so, you know, what is it, like 50, 60 degrees typically in the morning, and then by mid-afternoon you're tearing off clothes because you're sweating from picking up decoys? I mean... I'm going to be looking forward to picking up decoys to try to warm up. So it's it's going to be a unique year in that, you know, we have snow forecasted, and it's not even Halloween yet. It's not even October yet. This is this is insane. But with uh, with north northwest winds comes birds, and uh, this is like a waterfowler's dream. I mean, you you look for crappy weather. You want you want the high winds. You want the cold the cold pushes and. Uh, you know, if we get mist and rain and stuff like that, the birds are going to fly low and they're going to want to get their feet down in a field and it makes it that much easier for us to call. Last year, if I, if I think I'm correct in this, last year we were swatting mosquitoes. I had my thermocell with me. So that shows you how different things are this year. Uh, in addition to geese, Matt, there's also other, other opportunities. Maybe people just, you know, goose hunting isn't their thing. There are other hunting opportunities up here as well, and we're going to do some of that this weekend too. Rough grouse, you've got woodcock, you've got sharp-tailed grouse, you've got Hungarian partridge, you've got geese, you've got some light geese, some snow geese might be pushing through. Um, we've seen some migrating over Bemidji, so I wouldn't doubt if there's some hanging around here. Um, and then you've obviously got ducks, lots and lots and lots of ducks. So, I mean, like I said, it's kind of a mecca. You've got doves, <laughs> you've got coyotes if you, if you, if you want to go out after we're done with this interview. Like... You can do pretty much everything you want right right here in northwest Minnesota. That's the cool thing about it, and um, we're going to try and take in as much as we can. Obviously, you're on the Sharp our Sharptail Grouse Society board, Matt. We're going to try and maybe take some of that in uh, this weekend as well. How's that population looking? Well, here in the northwest, it's pretty stable. Um, it's one of the few areas in the state that is semi-stable. So if, uh, if we can get out and chase them, I might know where there's a few around <laughs> and uh, might have permission for for some fields that we we can walk um, things are looking pretty decent you know it's it's always a concern of ours with habitat loss and um, CRP and small grain are the things that we need around here and luckily some of that is strongholded but uh, you know we had a couple years back where we lost a large portion of CRP but luckily that program is coming back so so that's something else to uh, keep an eye on. Now, in addition to us hunting out here and stuff, um, at the same time, uh, we've got goose, the Goose Fest in Middle River. 
town of about 200 people, 300 people, that swells into the thousands, basically, as the weekend progresses. You're heavily involved in that as well, Matt. Maybe tell everybody what that's all about. Because if, if they haven't experienced Goose Fest yet, they got to do that. Yeah, and like you said, a tiny little town that uh, if you blink, you miss it. Um, we'll turn into 5,000 to 5,500 people this weekend, and uh, it, it has something for everyone. There's tractor pulls for kids, there's tractor pulls for adults, there's four-wheeler rides and mud runs, there's bouncy castles, there's tons of food, fried food. It's uh, similar to a state fair. I mean, you can get a deep-fried pickle or you can go get a cheeseburger, and we've got oof de tacos which I have to talk about every year because they are probably the best thing on the planet. Um, you know, and the hunting opportunities, obviously. We have the Goose Calling Contest, sponsored by Cabela's, which I will be emceeing. Um, we've got the Beanbag Tournament, you know, the parade. I mean, it, it, it has everything, and it's all jam-packed into three days, and uh, and it's just something unique and really cool that that doesn't happen in small towns like this very often. So it's a lot of fun up here. Once again, I always tell people if you haven't had a chance to check out Goose Fest, got to do it once, at least once. You, you'll, I, I came up here and I was hooked. And, and once again, the people up here in Thief River and Middle River are the friendliest people you'll find. They just basically open arms to everybody coming up. So we encourage people to come out. Um, Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. Check Matt out, northcountryguides.com. He's all over social media. And um, you and I are going to be hunting for the first time together. been doing this show for... 13 years, you and I, I think, believe believe it or not. But this is the first time we've actually we've fished together a few times. We've never hunted together, so this ought to be interesting. Yeah, I think since we're actually together, we need to do like an audio high five that we're actually going to be hunting together. There you go. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. Uh, we're going to have more Branded Outdoors live from Goose Fest coming up here on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we are here in Middle River, Minnesota, for the uh, Goose Fest. I love it up here, and so many different people that come up for the event, and uh, and just come walking through the doors, Miss Minnesota. Michaeline Carlin, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. How, how did you get up here? I mean, you actually, are you, you're not from this area, right? No, I'm actually from a small town near Rochester, Minnesota, the Casa Manorville area. So how did you end up here in Middle River? We drove a very long way. <laughs> Much like me. Right. We were actually here last weekend as well for the Miss North Star pageant, uh, being a part of the Miss America organization. And they loved having me so much, I guess. I made a good impression, so I came back up for their festival the following weekend here. So being Miss Minnesota, obviously, what have you been up to here in the last, I don't know, year? I was actually crowned in June, so I'm... Almost halfway done with my reign as Miss Minnesota, and actually a few weeks ago I got to compete for Miss America. I think it's kind of funny, most people don't know, we compete to be Miss America kind of right in the middle of our reign. Um, and I actually placed it in the top 15, which was aired live on ABC. And I just love having the opportunity to be able to travel my state as M Miss Minnesota. I grew up, like I said, here in this state, and I love being able to come to different events and festivals. Well, this is a pretty unique one. Yes, it is. They, they're they trying to convince me to go hunting with them, too. So <laughs> So how, how are they doing with that? Are you, are you leaning one way or another? I think they've convinced me. They've had last night at the dinner as well as this morning at breakfast here. So I think they're going to get me to go out. 
So lastly, you mentioned the dinner. Uh, you, whenever we were all kind of going around and introducing ourselves and what we were all about, you told, I thought, one of the funniest stories of the whole night. Um, you actually do come from an outdoors hunting background. Yes. I, my father loves hunting of all sorts. He bow hunts for deer, and he mostly pheasant hunts, though, with our German short hair pointers. We've raised pointers basically probably since I was a little, very little girl. I think we got our first pointer when I was in kindergarten. And they are an, they're an interesting dog, German short hair pointers. We actually had a litter last year, so they're one-year-old now. We have the mom, and we kept two of her pups, and... We kept one pup because it was a girl. We want to continue breeding, obviously. But the other one we had to keep because he has uh, some sort of special needs, I was saying last night. He was born, he has a blind eye, and he's even though he's a pointer, every time the train drives by, he howls at it for a very long time. <laughs> Which pointers don't normally do. No, they're not supposed to howl. So we definitely know there's some sort of needs there with this pup. <laughs> So your background, basically, as we said, you, you were big into pheasant hunting then. Yes, I, I usually go out with my father, and I'm the one who trains the dogs really well, so I'm the keeper of the remote control for them, keeping them in line, making sure they're doing everything they're supposed to. Very, very busy. That's Michaeline Carlin, uh, Miss Minnesota here in Middle River. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's fun hearing your story. It's very interesting, and hopefully we'll see you out in the woods here later on. Yes, thank you so much. As we continue on here with uh, Brainerd Outdoors, we're here in Middle River for the Goose Fest. We've been up here four years now and just love being up here and talking to a lot of the people that make this whole event happen. And really, the hunting is is the thing, too, that we love to talk about. So many hunting opportunities for people up here. Uh, this time around, Kyle Arola is with us. He is with uh, Thief Lake Wildlife Management with the Minnesota DNR. Kyle, welcome to Brainerd Outdoors. Thank you. Glad to be here. The big thing about up here is the habitat in which so many you know the, the, which makes this really this whole place tick really when you think about it yeah exactly um when, when you look at a map and see the amount of public land that we have up here i mean we're, we're blessed to have that land and have all the opportunities that that come along with it when when we look at the the thief lake wildlife area we, within my area we we manage basically five large wildlife management areas and the total acres is over 114,000. And uh, so obviously with, uh, you know, we have about three, four staff, and that keeps us pretty busy with a lot of the uh, managed habitat management activities that, that we do throughout the year. When, uh, when we look at a broad scale and where this area falls within the state, and we're right on a transitional zone between prairie to the west and forest to the east. And with the, being in that transition zone creates this diversity of wildlife. And like you said, we have rough grouse, sharp-tail grouse. Just to the east of Thief Lake, we have spruce grouse and geese, waterfowl, sandhill crane. We have the Grigla elk herd, black bears. I mean, the list really goes on. I've heard the deer hunting up here is phenomenal as well. Exactly. Um, with, the, with the habitat conditions that we have with the, with the forests interspersed with the, the agricultural land, when we have a series of mild winters like we have had now since 2014, we just see that deer population explode. And now there's deer all over the place, and within these permanent areas, we are intensive this year, and uh, there's lots of opportunities for, for hunters to, to get out there, whether they're bow hunting, rifle hunting, muzzleloader hunting. 
great time to get out there and see some deer. There you go. That's Kyle Arola. He's with uh, Thief Lake Wildlife Management with the Minnesota DNR. And a very busy individual, as many people are up here. Kyle, you going to get a chance to get out and hunt a little bit? Yep, I'm actually going to be taking this weekend off. We, we worked the waterfowl opener on Thief Lake, and the, the hunters averaged 2.6 ducks per hunter. So I'm getting out tomorrow morning, and hopefully I can uh, <laughs> achieve that average. Good luck. I'll be out there with you. Kyle, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks a lot. We have uh, had a, a blast here this morning talking to a lot of the people that helped put this event on, some of the people that uh, you know helped make this area what it is and the great hunting and, and everything. But I thought we'd save the best for last. And that is uh, Kara Super Peterson is with us. And uh, Kara, I mean, you basically handle the breakfast and stuff here for everybody and all the media. I hate to say it. I mean, the hunting up here is great and, and, and all this other stuff. This is the event I look forward to more than anything. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people actually like this event. It just turned into a booming little event, and I get to make all the breakfast and come up with some crazy ideas and recipes for you guys. So I have to ask you that what we basically called the Up North Breakfast that we had this morning, which uh, I I decided that I was going to interview while I was eating, but I just figured, you know, people want to hear me chewing. Um, I'm going to need a nap after this. There's no doubt about that. But tell me about the breakfast because there, the, everything that went into it, is all kind of local, basically. Yeah, in northern Minnesota, we have a lot to showcase here. So uh, we started with uh, Nature Way Mills, which is a grain company um, outside of Middle River, and we had uh, wild rice uh, pancakes. The wild rice came from Red Lake Nation. I had a kale souffle bake, and the kale came from the garden shop here. Wild goose sausage that was shot out in Thief Lake, and it was paired with some wild blueberries. Uh, we had maple syrup that was from Deer Lake. So we really showcased a lot of um, areas, as well as Matt Brewer and his famous wild mushrooms that he just picked last night. So it was fantastic. Yeah, definitely. He actually, um, we had the media dinner last night, and he took me out to a park, and we actually were able to pick some mushrooms. So that was really cool. Thanks, Matt. Your mother, Kadel, uh, been heavily involved with Goose Fest for many, many years. You kind of grew up around this event. Tell me some memories that you've had from it. Oh, I have a, a, so many memories. But honestly, one of my favorite memories is they used to have what was called the number drop. And a helicopter would fly overhead Middle River, and they would have uh, garbage bags full of little styrofoam numbers and they would drop them and all the kids would just scatter and you'd pick up the numbers and every little business had a number and you'd go in you'd get a quarter you'd get a tootsie roll or whatever so it was a kind of a simple fun up north little game that we that we had it was awesome but yes middle river has so much to offer goose fest is just boomed and we're so proud of our little town and um just bringing tourists to the area and winning the award last year was awesome so got to talk to miss minnesota as well i mean it's been a, a fun morning and then obviously the fantastic breakfast, too. Kara, uh, people want more information on you. Where can they find all that? Uh, I'm actually, uh, I own a daycare and preschool center in Pequot Lakes, but I also have a food blog, Come to the Cook. So if you Google Come to the Cook, you can find my recipes and creations on there. Check that out. I highly encourage you to do that. Kara Super Peterson. Kara, once again, fantastic job as always. It's great to see you up here. I mean, you're right from our area. is where you live right now, but you Born and raised right here in Middle River, and uh, it's great to have you on. Thank you. Nothing like coming back home. Speaking of food, time for our Hungry Hunter segment here on Brainerd Outdoors. Earlier this week, I had a chance to uh, sit down with Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. He taught us how to make bacon-wrapped goose bites. 
We sure do. So we're going to take a pound of goose breast and we're going to cut that into like a one to two ounce strip. We're just kind of making some long strips out of it. So we get those cut up and then we're going to marinate them in some uh, Jack Pine, Jacktober beer. a boy. When that beer, we're going to throw a little bit of kosher salt and some brown sugar. We're going to mix it in really good and make sure it dissolves. And then we're going to throw our, our goose meat in there. And you could do this before you, before you slice it. It doesn't really matter how you go about it. We're going to let that sit in there you know, three to four hours. You could even do it overnight if you wanted to. Um, but as long as you let it sit in there, let that salt kind of penetrate the, the goose meat a little bit. So we're going to take those out after they've been marinated for a while, and we're going to wrap them in some bacon. We're going to use some par-cooked bacon. That way it's doesn't it's not so, uh, you know, so flimsy, but we don't want it to be too, super crisp either. So we'll wrap those up, and we're going to toss those onto a sheet pan and bake those in the oven, you know, a 350 oven. I probably, you know, six, seven minutes, I would imagine. Um, and then we're going to make a spicy brown mustard sauce for it. So we're going to take some spicy brown mustard, a little bit of mayonnaise, some Worcestershire sauce, ketchup, a little bit of cider vinegar, and of course, a little bit of sriracha. Mix that all <laughs> up together, and we got a nice little dipping sauce for our goose bites, and they come out of the oven. And the reason I laugh at those, it's kind of an inside joke with Joel and I, we both love sriracha, and, and we use it for practically everything. So everything. you got you got to have it in there. A um, couple of questions for you, uh, Joel. People, there are some out there that kind of turn their nose at goose. Um, I happen to love it, but I do know some that are outdoors people that just don't like it. Um, could you substitute, say, pheasant or grouse with oh, something definitely. like this? Oh, definitely. Some duck breast, too, would be fantastic in this. So there you go. So you have some options there. Give it a try if you'd like. Head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. You can check this recipe out and many, many more. Bacon-wrapped goose bites. That's our recipe for this week. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Ryan. And that'll wrap up our show for this week. Once again, a big thanks to the whole gang here in Thief River Falls and Middle River, all part of Goose Fest, and inviting us to uh, come hang out for the weekend. Uh, Had an absolute blast. I should say having an absolute blast. We've got more to come this weekend as well. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5. If you want to stream the show live, if you're away from your radio or you're out of town, you can do so at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. Also, a variety of ways to listen on demand. You can just head to the website to uh, stream the show that way. You can also podcast us. So We're available at all the places that you download podcasts, iTunes, Podcast One, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it, wherever you go for podcasts, search Brainerd Outdoors, uh, rate and review us. We'd appreciate that. Uh, subscribe, download us. All would be greatly appreciated. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your ice castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Roberts Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.